guys, I've been, I've been meaning to talk to you guys about some stuff that I've got going on. Um, things are pretty tough, and I just feel like my odds of succeeding at these problems that I have are lower than the odds that I fail. And I was just, I just wish there was something in this world that could bring them closer to being the same as each other. Those odds. That yeah. I, ideally to. it's 50, 50, no matter what. Ideally, like, that's ideally the I would world. like, ideally I would like them to be, <laughs> ideally I would odds. like every, every really high stakes problem in my life to be a coin flip. Have you, <laughs> <checked> <laughs> you solved these problems for only about a hundred dollars? Have you checked the classifieds of your local newspaper? Perhaps. <laughs> Oh no, I haven't. That's a good idea. Let me see if an orange cat will deliver it for me. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you noticed uh, the drummer from the police is just playing a ton of synthesizers around you all the time and like as loudly Wait, as possible? Wait, is that who this? Stuart yeah, Copeland, that's the why music the music was so oh good. God. Yeah, yeah. This music was this music whipped. You know who else Stuart Copeland? What Stuart Copeland did music for? Uh, good Burger and the Amanda Show. I learned. Wow, that, that rules. That rules. That kicks ass. Um, uh, there were a couple moments in the music where it like the equalizer would do something and then it would play this major key like chime thing that kind of like rolled around on like a synthesizer and it sounds like when you do a good job in a video game and they want to let you know yeah. that you did that. There, there, well, it sounds like when you do a good job in a video game in the early 90s. Yeah. Like specifically. It's like if Silent Hill was going to have a nice job sound, it would be yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, it's As You Know, the podcast is dedicated to the first and last episodes of television shows so that you don't have to watch them unless we really, really like them. And then we're like, shut the fuck up. You should watch it. And maybe today's an episode where we're like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Shut. Just shut the fuck up and watch some more. Of Sit maybe your this ass on the couch. Show. Sit your ass on the couch. Have a hangover. Yeah. <laughs> watch it on a holiday. Maybe this is speaking from personal experience. And think about how you would just like some things to be equalized. I'm Ian Benson, getting kicked off of his football team for breaking his leg. It's Stephen Dow. <laughs> That's my f actually my favorite thing to do. So if they don't want me on my team because of that, I think it's discrimination. I'm just going to keep breaking my leg over and over. In need of help because somebody is stalking him. It's Matt Ciani. Hi, y'all. He calls himself Million because being around him is money in the bank. It's Travis Marmon. <laughs> Check out my cool but menacing earring. <laughs> you should get a cool but menacing earring. I look earring. just like Ving Rhames. <laughs> I think. Dude, I think really I'm honestly. I'm so stoked. Yeah, the, Matt and I really approached the show and the what guys can appear and we'll all get so excited. many guys. Ving Rhames and oh Jerry Stiller are on Jerry the same Stiller. show. When Jerry Stiller showed up, I was like, <laughs> "Wow!" <laughs> Honestly, such a fucking all-time king. Like, uh, this is—he's so this good. Is, he sold lines that just if anybody else said them would not fucking work. Oh my uh, god! This is Joe Morton Erasure, by the way. Oh yeah, Miles like, Dyson was here. <laughs> yes, Miles Dyson was Joe, here. Yeah. The amount of choices I had for lines in this show, yeah. insane, insane number of choices for a, like, I just want to read off like 12 at the end of the episode because just, let's just, this is how we're actually structuring today's episode is we're just going to have you read the lines and we're going to talk about how there was one I, and fun and there was cool. one I almost wrote uh, down and then was like, Steven will probably use that and I can't remember yeah. what it is now. I'm sad I didn't write it down. No, you can so write to it down. so many lines to choose from. Yeah. I, half of my notes for this episode are just lines that people <laughs> said, like, which I never do because it's 
the best type of spy fiction where you're like, I have so many questions about this man's very existence. Yeah. Uh, and that existence, by the way, is The Equalizer, an American spy thriller television series that aired on CBS from September 18th, 1985 to August 24th, 1989, co-created by Michael Sloan and Richard Lindham. It starred Edward Woodward, Edward Woodward. King. A great, yeah, hard name, though, to say sometimes. Uh, as Edward Woodward. If I, my name was Edward Woodward, I would go by Ed. Like No, it, it you just... wouldn't go by Ed Woodward, because if you go by Ed Woodward, then people are going to think that you're the executive of Manchester United, and they're going to mm. want to beat you up at all times because you're so fucking <laughs> bad at your job, okay. but somehow you keep existing. <laughs> or they'll just think, like, Ed Wood, and then they'll forget yeah. and the rest. <laughs> yeah, then Word, you don't want to go by I, I'm going to go by what Ward Woodward. Ward Ward would be like, Ward Ward. <laughs> Is this really a spy it, thriller? He's an ex-spy and doesn't do any spy work. There, and it's not that thrilling. <laughs> no, oh, it's incredibly <laughs> thrilling. Also, I just really, I just want to go back. I like that his name is Edward Woodward, and Ed Woodward is a person, is a notable person, and Ed Wood is also a notable person. Yeah, yeah. it's Wood. like a, it's like a, a, a puzzle of some sort. Yeah, uh, but he he plays a retired intelligence agent with a mysterious past, <laughs> which includes. Where is this guy from? Uh, he uh, was last he, seen investigating a cult on a Scottish Isle somewhere. Yeah. Uh, presumed well, dead after being burned alive in a giant wicker man, but he actually escaped uh, escaped this. And he, he uses his skills from his former career to exact justice on behalf of the innocent uh, and, and on people who find themselves in dangerous circumstances while sometimes dealing with people from his past in covert operations who want to pull him back in or settle old scores. Matt, you picked the yeah. equalizer. Why? We hadn't done this kind of. I, I I actually assumed this would be a little bit more of a loose cannon cop who doesn't play by the rules show from the eighties, and it, it didn't shake out to be exactly that. But I think it was more interesting than that. This is Dude. definitely a TV debris pick. There's no hook. It doesn't have a, the the guy is not charismatic, funny, interesting in any way. Uh, Hard to and they made they just made a show out of this extremely honestly uninteresting premise uh but it kicks ass and also edward woodward is a king but he plays like a S stiff cop in everything he has one thing that he does and it's walk around with really good posture and yell at people yeah but this time he's a cop who it's proven has had sex because he has a child so <laughs> that's, that's true. the big difference between this and looker man yeah he does have very strong virgin energy in the Wicker oh, Man. Makes sense. Uh, okay, I just figured out why you picked this. Okay, okay, that's where I know him from. Yeah. Do you think um, uh, there were a number of times in his career where they were like, where he arrived to read for something, and they were like, "Edward, we're gonna level with you." Michael Caine wouldn't pick up. He looks so much like <laughs> Michael really, Caine. It yeah. is. Is his character? Do they ever acknowledge that he's British? The part where he was walking around with the bully from Karate Kid, who's his son, and it's like, I, I think it was with him, maybe it was with one of the agents or something like that, where he's talking to somebody, he's like, my father used to bring me here, and it's like, he used to bring you here as a child, here, to who's New York, a, Who's a more convincing visit? New Yorker, him or um, fucking Dennis Franz? God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I knew way, when I lived in New York, I knew way more people who had British accents than people who yeah. had Chicago accents. <laughs> yeah, you meet, you meet a guy from New York and you're, he's got a British accent and you're like, oh, so you're rich, rich. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's from whatever, upper Manhattan somewhere. You know, you're like, oh, you're like, you're like a Timothy Chalamet type. But yeah, I guess I, I picked this partially because of Edward Woodward because it was wild to see that he had been 
in a show that had many episodes that I had never heard of. Uh, and but also it also just sh- seemed, like, we don't we haven't done many '80s shows. We haven't really no, touched the haven't. '80s, and also I figured half the reason you picked this was synthesizers. Also that, yeah. I mean, seeing Copeland, I was like, oh yeah, this is how could you not? This is such better music than the Police. Definitely. It's whatever. Honestly, my favorite Stuart Copeland project. Very unsurprising, knowing uh, what else I like is Oysterhead, uh, his supergroup with Les Claypool and Cray oh, Anastasia. Yeah, that sounds now, Matt, I, I do want to say, I, I, get, I slightly disagree with you on the idea that this isn't that interesting of a premise, because it must be an interesting premise since it spawned two movies and it, a reboot TV show that is currently yeah. airing. Yeah. I had never heard of any of that when I. I think it. it's firm. What's funny is this got turned into firmly targeted toward African American audiences. That I there, was is, very curious about that once I learned of it. Like how? What did they see in this show that was like? What if we just completely like? What if this guy was Denzel Washington? Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> which is a, such a different fucking vibe. <laughs> I think it's like it. It. This is if you shoved a bunch of TV ideas into like. I don't know, like a boggle, like a boggle esque thing, one of those, one of those popcorn machines or something, and then just had it spit out something like, "Man who used to work for special intelligence agency, but leaves, but has skills and chooses to help people." It's just like it's like the average of every TV show, I think, like every yeah, semi series TV like, show. Of every show, at least, uh, right. To answer the question as to how this the, the film version of it uh, came to be, where you're like with Denzel Washington, well, you know who was originally going to star in the reboot? The, the was the one who was looking to bring the Equalizer to the big screen with director Paul Haggis, Michael Matt Kane. Damon, Russell Crowe. Huh. Well, I could he, absolutely see Russell Crowe doing that. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Russell Crowe would be like, "Well, I mean, you know, I had to I had to gain twenty pounds to play the role of the Equalizer." <laughs> And <laughs> like, is, that why you, is that why you gained that, or is that just what <laughs> yeah, you is do? That, is that why Russell? <laughs> and then he's like, "Yeah, I clearly felt that you needed the physical presence." And you're like, "Hey, go off, go off, dude." Yeah. Uh, and then I the kind grand- of liked that Edward Woodward wasn't very intimidating physically. Like, yeah. like he, he's tall. He throws sure. the guy, it's amazing. But like, but like he's old. Like you know, and he just he just he's doesn't old, look powerful. He's stiff as fuck. Like he's just- so stiff. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I'd be like, I could get away from this guy, <laughs> or if I needed to fight, I would have a at least a coin flip. Like I would say, equal odds. Yeah, mm. so something right. When Steve uh, was was beaten by him in a foot race, I was like, Ah, oh, Steve! Like, yeah, come <laughs> you've on, got Steve. thirty years youth on this guy. Like, you should be able to outrun him. Come on, you had you had about a fifteen foot head start. And thirty years on this guy, and you lost the foot race. And this guy's imagine how fucked up your knees are if your background is like what they imply his background to be, like fucking like jumping out of planes and shit. Like, no, dude, right. he has cybernetic knees now. He's totally uh, good. He could use cybernetic knees later in in this show. Uh, but in terms of just like treating Edward Woodward as a you know figure, you're like that guy can beat people up. A good thing to do if you want to watch the Equalizer is. Uh, watch Cry Macho like a week and a half before <laughs> where 91-year-old Clint Eastwood is like supposed to be like turned down a woman trying to seduce him and also like you believe can throw a punch because after you see that you're like well anyone after th- you see it you, you watch that and then you watch Edward Woodward and you're like well that guy could play in the NFL right now <laughs> Mark, to- Prime's, 
our primes are well ahead of us, boys. Next time you feel like you're old because you're on the way to a bar and your knee just starts hurting and you're walking with someone who's like 24 and you're like, sorry, my knee hurts. And they're like, is that something <laughs> that just happens? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> just remember what Edward Woodward is doing in this show. Yeah. Have, have <laughs> he grabs a dude by the ears and like throws him <laughs> through a window. Ian, have you watched either the Denzel Washington movies or, for some reason, an episode of the new Queen Latifah version I have not watched the Queen Latifah this. one. I have considered watching the first Equalizer film because it's in that ballpark. It's in that zone of um, hungover, uh, hungover Denzel Washington films where you're like, yeah. listen, you know, he's one of our greatest actors. He's really committed to doing all of these August uh, Wilson plays. And also sometimes he just wants to, like, shoot some people in, like, a Tony Scott or an Anton Fuqua film. Right. Those are the ones that make money, and then he goes and does the porn do stuff. His yeah, also, God, yeah, stuff. I mean, how much... How, how much, much does did, Man on Fire make? Like, dude, probably um, a lot. Man on... I mean, not enough money. Man on Fire. <laughs> I was going to see The Equalizer. I was going to... Or, or, you know, the Equalizer see must have made, made a ton. Obviously, it's a, I, bet it's a, I bet it made 200 mil. Man on Fire made $130 million, but it cost $70 million because Tony Scott was a crazy person and we miss him every day. Uh, the <laughs> Equalizer films star made... That was, let's see. Equalizer 1 cost 55 to $73 million and made 192 Oh, that was close. And the second one... 62 to 79 and made 190. Wow. Equalizer 3. Everyone, I feel like everyone who saw the Equalizer saw the Equalizer 2 based on that. <laughs> the exact same people. <laughs> Pedro Pascal's an Equalizer 2? Ah, I bet he's the good guy, a good guy that turns out to be a bad guy. McCall agrees to pay Miles to repaint his kitchen if Miles reads Ta-Nehisi Coates' Between the World and Me is a oh my fucking god in the Wikipedia page for the Equalizer 2. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I, I am beginning to see the angle of the Equalizer. And this is Paul Haggis? This is the Crash guy? Uh, no, those films were both uh, directed by Antoine Fuqua. Perhaps. Okay. Um, that makes sense, too. Yeah. Because it was just the thing where they were like, oh, actually, Haggis isn't going to do it. And then Denzel was like, Fuqua, you want to get back together after training day? And he's like, you know That's it. his only good movie, right? Like, Wow. Shouts, shots at uh, Olympus' Fallen. <laughs> the other... The shots other, at his Quibi series that he did. Oh, <laughs> no. The other, yeah, the, the other film that's Die Hard, but with the president. But it's not the one with Channing Tatum and yeah, Jamie Foxx. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one with... That's Aaron Eckhart and Gerard Butler that has spawned like four sequels. London God. has fallen. So the Equalizer. So the show, it, the new show, is spawned from the films. I'm curious how much of the original show is in the new show. Because uh, how Latifah, do you make Robin Queen McCall, Latifah into Edward Woodward? <laughs> a divorced single mother and former CIA operative who acts as a street vigilante. I've seen Queen Latifah in like a vague I have a gun and I'm a cop sort of yes. role before. I'm not sure if I've ever seen um, anything with Queen Latifah in it. That's wild, Travis. Yeah, that's crazy. She was yeah, all Travis, over the place we, in like the I, early 2000s. She was in some movie with Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, I was like, I, I didn't watch was, Taxi. That's the one, yeah. I was, I was in watch, a room uh, where Chicago was on silently recently, but that doesn't count, I feel. What was the one where she has a romance with Eugene Levy? 
Oh man, uh, is that bringing yeah. down the house. Yeah, yeah. Say, that's that bringing down, bringing down the house. Down the house. <laughs> I, I only remember that movie exists you got, because uh, that but all guy from sorry. Facebook watched it one time and was like hilarious. I love bringing down the house, and that made me laugh. Sorry. Um, uh, yes, that's the um, the one with Steve Martin, where they Correct. he becomes yeah. friends with Queen Latifah, and then Eugene Levy says, "You got me straight tripping, boo." Oh. Yeah, he says the cool points are out the window, and you've got me all twisted up in the game. And uh, that's, that's like right. a big romantic, because whenever white people are an ave for a black woman, there's nothing more romantic than that. I suppose. Yeah, that's right. Can we get into this? Can we get into this pilot? Uh, made get, get one of my into favorite the pilots. Show that one of my watched. one of my favorite pilots ever. Actually, I straight up loved watching this. I was enthralled. I I had I had the like there are maybe too many plot parts going on. So at many one point. things going on. <laughs> there were just it. so many things going on. I felt like I was watching like uh, like a cut of a. Uh, they were like the, the uh, they shot a film and then we're like this isn't going to work as a full movie. Cut it down to forty five and put it on TV. Yeah. Because I was like, there's a okay. So there's there's this guy and now he's visiting his. His son, so, okay. but also what? there's a woman who's being stalked, and then there's corporate blackmailing, but they're blackmailing, wait, but there's politicians, and then... <laughs> yeah, because you've got his relationship with... you. They're trying to settle his relationship with his former employer. This, this like, somebody's trying to expose... Somebody's trying to blackmail a, a per, somebody running for president to expose some of their dirty laundry. A woman who is being stalked. And when they wrapped all of those things up in about six minutes, just scene after scene, and then there was the violin concert, my mind exploded. I was like, oh, yeah! <laughs> the, also this! And, and also the fact that he made it. He made it to the I show. Yeah, I was so sure that it was going to be like, ah, oh, he's still... He's the best guy in the world, and he's saved so many things, but he's still failing as a father. And I was like, no, no, he's actually just, he just good at everything. He he's perfect sleep. now. Yeah, uh, he's changed. And he knows where to be at all times. He always knows where to be at every moment. he calls that number in to check the messages. So That's this, how he had to do it in the 80s. This opens like in media res kind of with, there's yeah. just like, boom, we're in a train station. In a guy, Times Square, yeah. like amazing, full-on 80s cacophonous New York, like a thousand percent, every screeching audio, open shit like this. There's a we don't know anything, and a guy holds a girl hostage for something in a suitcase. We don't really know what it is, but he holds her hostage by a knife, which is interesting. And then we see our man, and he's there, and he's holding a gun, and he's like, "You trusted me once." Now, remember, <laughs> you must trust me now. And like, he, he walked out of the shadows yeah. and had a gun and was like, yeah. you trusted me once before. And you're like, oh, cool. If I give you my hand, will you take me away to the shadow realm? <laughs> <laughs> Are you the guy from, oh, boy, what's the horror? Phantasm? Phantasm? Is oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're thinking of Phantasm. <laughs> yeah. And so then the guy does let the hostage go and then gets shot anyway by that other cop or whatever. So, which, to which and I then said, Edward they could have just not done that. points the gun at, at the other guy. He points the gun at that cop and then, or whatever that dude is, and that guy's so afraid. He's just like, okay, there's other cops around who could shoot that guy. And they're all like, no, 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 like, man. No, no, you we don't shoot the equalizer. The bullets are just going to pass right through him. And then he's going to know all of us. I mean, it's about equal odds whether you're going to hit him or not, <laughs> I would say. He does probability <laughs> math in his head before every situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
If he gave full, like, speeches like that, terrible. Wouldn't enjoy the show. Instead, no. you're just like, wow, check out that weird, cryptic, mysterious English guy. Yeah. It's perfect that he's English because he's more cryptic and mysterious. It's more like, what the fuck is this dude's background? The most depraved people on the planet. But, you know, sometimes you, you need him there to be cryptic and mysterious. I mean, he's former intelligence. Literally the most vile people on Earth other than and British people. Except, what, wait, what about current intelligence? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's actually probably worse. Uh, it's about the they're same. more hapless. They all they all yeah. think that they're getting microwave raid in their heads. So. The worst people, <laughs> the worst people are uh, the 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 future intelligence. When you got you just meet some kid, and you're like, oh, that kid's gonna be a fucking CIA agent. Look at that piece of shit. Yeah. So, I'm trying to figure out. It's very quick in this show where we learned. Okay, they're not gonna talk like real people for this show. <laughs> and. And Is it I, by I, chance, Stephen, when the character appears and says, "You trusted me once before. <laughs> now trust me again." Yeah, and then, oh, and then the other guy shoots him. And, you know. Anyway, I'm really. I would really like to be able to express the the difference, and it's a tone thing. It has to be a tone thing, because sometimes I'll watch a show and be like, "No one talks like that. Fuck you." I wish that I, I it's, it's nails on the chalkboard. No one talks like this. But for some reason, this was like, no one talks like this. Hell yeah, let's lean in. I like, think it's if the no writers talks li- think that they are writing realistically or not. That's part okay. of it. Like, or it's just like maybe. a style, like some people are good at doing unrealistic dialogue that is interesting. And some yeah. of it where it's unbearable and some are kind of divisive one way or the other, like Sorkin or whatever, where and, it's like well, the appeal, but also drives example. people insane, like myself. Yeah, yeah Sorkin's a perfect example because he can do both. Because you'll have the times where you're like, Jesus. He does all versions of it. Where Sorkin's you're like, just like, stop referencing so many fucking plays. <laughs> no one does this. <laughs> well, yeah, well, no, but you, you get the Sorkin who's, you know, the, the like, nobody talks like this, you fucking nerd. Yeah. Or nobody talks like this, you pretentious piece of shit. Or, oh my God, nobody talks like this, thank God, but boy, is it really good in the social network right. when they talk yeah. like the ways that no one talks. But, you know, for that, then you also get Studio 60. Uh, and this and the scene that's you know all, all, any Studio sixty scene that floats around. Uh, there's the one that I've been thinking of uh, every. I think of Steven every time because it's uh, Rob Corddry's little brother. Uh, you know, being in a okay. fake SNL, and his his parents are visiting, and the this is peak Sorkin. No one talks like this. Uh, their parents are like, "So is this where you do the skits?" And he's like, "Skits." are when the football team puts on the cheerleading outfits. What we do here are sketches. Ge- comedy geniuses come through all of this. And, you know, that's the, uh, 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 thing of, you know, I mean, the well, skit Is that also is the, the scene where the Steven. parents are like, you're, uh, you're getting to, okay. And then you're, bro- but then, you know, so you're like, oh my God, this is so obnoxious. Why is this guy talking like this? But then the parents respond and talking in uh, outrageous ways because it's like, yeah, what's that have to do with your brother who's laying down in the mud in Iraq? Or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, to that extent, you're just like, dog, nobody, what is wrong with you? <laughs> But in the equalizer, when you hear some, if they put that in the equalizer, you're like, fuck yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because it doesn't take itself seriously. Except maybe it does, it and just like it's, it's the 80s, so we assign like yeah, kitsch to everything that yeah, came out. Yeah, maybe it really, decade. really seemed very serious. No, <laughs> it can't be serious. Uh, listen, the moment Stiller arrives, you're like, this isn't. Yeah. They, they know. <laughs> 
He wasn't Frank Costanza yet. I mean, he was still a comedy guy, yeah. but yeah. Blood pressure yeah. high, cholesterol high, self-esteem low. <laughs> Jerry that Stiller was an amazing as, line. I mean, just the opening credit, Jerry Stiller as Brahms was a thing where I was like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. this is. Wearing a, wear a, wear a fucking sweater that says West Point. Like. Yeah. Yeah. That's, he, he was straight out of like a, a Jack Ryan film for that part. And that's perfect. Basically, anytime again, uh, intelligence officers and and all of that awful, terrible fiction about them. Hell yeah, let's go. Yeah. Especially if you get someone where you're like, oh, you've got like a comedy guy who's playing the grumpy one. Perfect. Love. Yeah. Any frumpy comedian appearing in one scene and the vibe is just like, I can't believe you got me out of bed for this. Is he recurring? I, uh, he should I doubt be. it. But it's probably the thing where he appears in like, you know, five or six episodes over the I years. hope so. Guest star Christine Baranski. Bradley Whitford is a young thug in episode seven. Bradley Whitford he plays young a thug. thug. <laughs> yeah. Bradley Whitford. Hearing <laughs> 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 Bradley Whitford say Jeffrey. <laughs> Meatloaf was the guest star in episode 10 in an episode wow. called wow. Bump and Run. Meatloaf would be on this show. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> <clears throat> Nine-year-old Melissa Joan Hart, ringleader, a group of terrorists with ringleader Tony Shalhoub. Every episode yeah, of the show yes. is perfect. <laughs> yeah, they were just like, oh, that, that was during the period. I mean, it's the 80s. Uh, yeah. Ooh, first television appearance of Kevin So Tracy. are we doing the thing uh, where we go ooh. by quotes or do you have a plot up? Or? I don't have any, I don't have any plots. Okay. Right, so quote from, quote from scene number two. That's a violin you're sawing, not a leg of lamb. <laughs> If because there's one, if there's one episode of The Equalizer, we have to go back and watch. It's episode forty-four. Yes. McCall is called on to help a man who was tricked into committing a crime. This episode includes guest stars John Goodman. Wow. Okay. David Johansson, aka from New York Poindexter. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Steve Buscemi. <laughs> the guest appearance of Joe Morton and a cameo by Stuart Copeland. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best show. This is an they amazing remembering that guy. <laughs> Chris Cooper appears. Oh this my is god. my all this is my Avengers. <laughs> Wait a second. How did David Johansson get that head? He's how got does, a huge how face. Does that person I don't know. Exist? He's, just, he's got the biggest face I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm just it's instrumental listing. to like his success as a as a performer. We're just an equalizer podcast now. One episode: State Senate candidate is blackmailing the incumbent. That candidate: Stanley Tucci. Next episode: wow. David Strathairn appears. One episode features James Hong and Mako. It's probably racist because it's 1988. Yeah. Uh, you, you mean Aku? Yes. Wow. Sally Jesse Raphael appears as herself. Okay, look, we just got to talk about the show so, uh, a little. All right, please. so he goes. He, you, we see. So yeah, scene two. It's not a violin. You're song because his son plays violin in the school orchestra, and uh, the equalizer McCall. What is his first name? Doesn't matter. Oh, whatever. So I, McCall Howie. They, they comes, just call him the equalizer. Right. He yeah, comes, they say he comes to the... talk to him, and we get all the exposition on what their deal is, which is that he's divorced. And doesn't see his son very much anymore. And the, his ex-wife is now just like, you know, living it up. Like, has a new man. Is oh, independent from that. him. And, uh, you know, he tells his son he'll be at the orchestra. Which, if you've watched enough TV or movies. Or literally any episode of any show or movie. You'd be like, he's not going to make it to the thing. Right. He's not going to make it to that show. 
and they subvert our expectations. That's yeah. good. Television. I mean, he got in the last like two minutes of the show, but yes. I mean, I was hoping we were going to get the classic, just like get fucked, spook speech <laughs> from uh, from the sun because that happens too. Like, ah, you you put the law in front of your own family, and uh, I don't, I want nothing to do with you. And then over the series, they become, you know, closer sure. or whatever. It's weird just because this is, like, the only time I've seen uh, uh, William Zapka, Zap- Zapka uh, that not be the character from Karate Kid. <laughs> sure. Uh, is the next scene the... The creepy guy harassing, like at the at the playground. Yeah. So I the mean, next the line for the next scene is is a young girl. The, they cut to the next scene, and the first line is a young girl saying, "Ziggy Stardust is my favorite too," which is a I, weird. It's just a. I guess I guess that kid could really love Ziggy Stardust. For, yeah, I Listen, mean, if there's anything television loves, it's uh, kids liking music that you're like, really? Isn't that a little? She wouldn't have been alive Beyond. for Ziggy Stardust because it's 1985 yeah. and she's probably like nine years old. Yeah. And you know how music ends. Well, just yeah. you can't, little you can't kids listen aren't, to it Little later. kids aren't generally super aware of <laughs> music of their past. Uh, were you, Travis? It seems extremely like you were. I didn't care about I music agree. until I was like 11. And then I was like, yeah, I was a, like my dad showed me classic rock stuff kid. But I didn't know any of that shit on, at this girl's age. I mean, I'm sure I that her mother loves David Bowie. 11. Yeah. It'd be funny if she was really into like Tin Machine stuff because this is the era for Bowie. But uh, anyway, so yeah, this creepy guy is talking to this to the girl at the at the playground. Her mom comes and snatched her away from this guy who apparently she's like like I think there's already a history like this guy's been stalking her. Yeah, yeah. He's not new to the stalking her game. He's been around for a while. Yeah, and the the cops haven't done anything about it. They've She's yeah. She shows goes to later, Jackie like, trying to be like, "This is happening," and they're just like, "I don't care. Fuck off." Yeah, yeah. She goes we're to Jackie, and he's like, "Janice, Janice, what do you want me to do, Janice?" <laughs> I just I can't. <laughs> for, 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 like, for our listeners, who's Jackie Aprile from The Sopranos? Uh, the, cop and, the antagonist yeah. of the first step season of The Sopranos or second season. And of the, the okay. the is Jackie or Richie? Is Richie the Joey Pants one? Or no. Um, I think it's. I think Jackie's already dead, and Richie is the David Preval. Is, is he Richie? Yeah, he's Richie, and Jackie. Jackie's not Joey Pants. Joey Pants is a different character. Yeah, yeah. Richie appeals there. It's like I'm not going to listen to you. I am a very Italian cop, and yeah, they did a decent job being like, "Hey, if you're being stalked and you're a woman, uh, no one w- is going to help you." <laughs> <laughs> What do you want me to do? He hasn't broken into your apartment. He hasn't raped you. He hasn't murdered you. What can we do? With the New York City police. Oh, we, only respond to, we only respond to things mm-hmm. after, yeah. You don't even have his last name. How am I supposed to track this guy down, you know? So we, f- we see the first Equalizer ad in the newspaper that's like, if you have problems, odds against you, call the Equalizer in the 555 number, which is so vague. That doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. At hey, one you know, point, right after, right after, like we see some problem or something, we cut to the equalizer and he's playing chess against his dog, which I thought was a nice, <laughs> like, yeah, we're we're not we're, the, the tone isn't too serious. <laughs> do, do you think that if the equalizer existed now, it would? Well, I mean, like, do it you does do, ex- it if does. it existed yeah. now? 
<laughs> in, imagine a crazy world that, where it existed now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so do you think that in the, the reboot series, it's just like promoted tweets that are just like in trouble call the equalizer? <laughs> yeah, God. Just like if you've already blocked like... You know, <laughs> Coca Cola and Mr. Peanut, Pacific Life, and Mr. Peanut, and all the other ads. You keep blocking, keep blocking. Eventually, it's just like the equalizer. <laughs> Have odds stacked against you? Call the equalizer. And then a bunch of people being like, "Why is this on my timeline?" Yeah, <laughs> Underneath, <laughs> doing here. So then you have to do what I encountered recently, where a guy took out an ad in one of the newspapers I designed that was like, "Hi, say it back at th- this Twitter handle." Shut the fuck up. But it was also a guy with like 2.8 million followers. So I was like, why are you buying ads for your Twitter He's got 2.8 million followers and he's got a deranged brain. Yeah. Yeah. Is this when he meets Jerry, when we see Jerry Stiller? Like this plot. Well, well, we first have have to have to see the guy uh, who's at his job discover a secret code on the computer screen. Oh, right. Because this was also happening. There was too much in this. pilot. (laughs) Yeah, there was there was a lot going on. And it's also the thing where it's like, you know, normally I can be like, oh, here's the the write up. But there's 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 no no, equalizer wiki. And the other thing I'm running into is I can find stuff for the reboot. Yeah. More easily. So. So. So this guy. Somehow figures out that the numbers zero nine nine zero or whatever appear in every number that he's looking at on the screen or something, yeah. and he's like, "There's yeah. a conspiracy," which I related to quite a lot. Um, I absolutely love people's explanation for what a conspiracy looks like from a data perspective. Yeah, like every time they try to explain that stuff, I'm like, "Yeah, give that to me more, <laughs> more of that." Uh, so this guy. He gets shit canned for bringing it up, and then some and then uh, a car pulls up and to tries kill to kill him. So yeah. then he calls our friend the Equalizer. The, his first scene with the Equalizer is so good, where like he's driving his wife and him around, and people shoot and they duck, and then like like I was like. I think the moment I went from like I'm interested to no I love this show was when was when he goes this isn't working out and then like he <laughs> oh forces God. the he, he forces the car off into the river and then he like turns to the camera and goes now it's working out <laughs> he pulls it yeah he's got like he's got like the sniper rifle and he shoots the driver and then the car crashes into the river and you're like Oh, yeah, you know what? I do understand where they're like, what if we remade this, like, four times? With all the one-liners and stuff, plus the British accent, I kept imagining if Matt Berry did this reboot. Dude, I also, (laughs) there was a part where he said something, and I was like, is Matt Berry secretly just been doing an impression of Edward Woodward his whole life? (laughs) Matt Berry should, like, I know that they've already, they're actively airing a reboot of The Equalizer. Do it with Matt Berry and have him played deadly serious. Now it's working as the car <laughs> yeah. is, like, driven into the... <laughs> oh. Sorry for leaving a mess, my, old chap. You know. <laughs> my fee is $100. <laughs> she hands to your favorite thousand. charity. You trusted me once before. Trust <laughs> me again. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> he just couldn't stop. I, I missed in the conversation that he was... That he had with the, um, the guy who finds the conspiracy. Uh, the guy says... It's like taking on the U.S. government. And Edward Woodward says, well, that'll make me feel right at home. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, you're, uh, he's like CIA. And he's like, I'm taking on the U.S. government. He probably like, Like, we assassinated fucking JFK. Like, 
I he could have been forced out for something. I'm hoping that he's uh, kind of like a freelance (laughs) sort of figure where it's like, yeah, he'll work for whatever. But that that, so the other guy later says to him, we have our own world, a shadow world, (laughs) Uh, which I assumed they were referring to, you know, the deep state. But this show. Yeah, there's a lot of um, kind of like 70s uh, political thriller DNA yeah. to this show, like a Three Days of the Condor type thing going on. Uh, uh, other people, just you know, uh, brief note. Uh, I was only looking at people who starred in like a, a guest appearance in The Equalizer, but um, Tobe Hooper directed an episode. Which oh, Toby. Toby. Yeah. Toby. Sorry, you're right. Um, That's sick. It was the only like name I saw from a director where I was like, oh. There we go. Where I was like, "Wow!" And it was like just a random one in the. I love. In, in I love when that happens. Eighty-eight. It was between the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two and spontaneous combustion. Yeah, I think that, I think this is an era where Toby was struggling to get the same amount of work that he did. Ah, Probably. really? What What would lead you to believe that? Maybe it's any point after nineteen eighty-six. Yeah, once Poltergeist, uh, eighty-two or something. Right on the dot. Poltergeist eighty-two. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we could talk about the the stalker guy. He, yeah, I was he's kind of ramping up. Yeah, we should break down the these plots because it's hard to remember the order of them. Yes. So that we yeah. next see the stalker guy at the grocery store where this what's her name? Carlene is this woman? Um, sure. I think it was Colleen, but the credits said Carlene, uh, which is not a name uh, people have to my knowledge. But sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so. They're yeah. He's at the grocery store and he's just like winking at her and like Tang like doing like a, ooh, don't say anything. And she, you know, uh, she uses says, the "I'm going to stab you through the heart." Being like, "I'll fucking kill you <laughs> if you come anywhere near me." And the people like you hope that they're like on her side, but mostly like I don't know what would you do if you were in pu- like because you have no context. To these people yeah. like I feel like nowadays we'd probably be like, I guess I believe this woman probably. Yeah, but like. With no context at all, it's just like this woman just insane. Like, like she could just be a crazy lady. Yeah, just being like, I'll fucking kill I, you. I, I would just stay the, out of it in every single way. Yeah, yeah. you would be the, the guy who says, "Or I'd be like, ladies, ladies, New York. Oh, only a New York baby. Love this city. No, I would. Right? I would. I would go with the grand tradition of things <laughs> that happen to me when I'm dog. in public alone, which is walk by all of this airpods in listening to like a podcast or Taylor Swift and just be like uh, excuse me excuse me as I like go because like I don't know the powdered sugar is ha- is behind them and it's like oh sorry don't mind me yeah but so he does leave like she gets him to leave but she does not you know un- unfortunately does not like form an angry mob to go chase this guy down which would have been yeah better I mean I don't think that was her hope but it'd be cool next we get him well we get right in between is he called uh, on on the phone booth outside of her apartment was looking in and calling her by yeah. her name and, and everything and then this happened and then his next move is to break in while she's in the shower and her daughter is just playing or whatever and then by the time she gets out of the shower he's gone and you don't see the daughter so you think that he came and kidnapped her um, but she's actually okay but he did write with like lipstick on the door like nice seeing you like, like be back soon, be back or whatever. soon. yeah very be very creepy John very disturbing uh so she calls the equalizer because the odds are against her currently and they need to be evened um <laughs> it's okay. so what uh, stupid 
<laughs> he's gonna equalize his ass. Like I kept thinking about uh, every time he dropped saying, him, like, I you can't wait equalized. for this dude to get EQ'd. <laughs> so yeah, calls the equalizer, meets with him, explains the situation, and he's like, I have the number where I receive a message, call it every hour, like give me a status report, and if there is an emergency, call it immediately. And I will be there as soon as one could be from having to check their voicemail at a payphone uh, <laughs> no, once per hour. There. Um, so, you know, her next encounter, he's like waiting outside the apartment and uh, she's like, oh, shit, it's, it's Steve, the villain of this episode. Uh, let me call the equalizer. <laughs> well, right. or no, first, she called no, him beforehand just being like, I'm going to be like, he's yeah. Like the equalizer is, wait, is also waiting outside the apartment just in case. So he sees that she's panicking and trying Starts to get Starts driving in. at him. Yeah, so he yeah. almost runs the dude over uh, <laughs> and chases him in a car down, uh, like, a, in a park or whatever, like, down yeah. some, uh, a trail, and then eventually gets out, chases him, gets him in a phone booth, fucking, like, slamming him into, again, this is in broad daylight in public. Anyone old could be man. Like, this old man. <laughs> like, people be like, this old man's beating the shit out of that guy. He's got a gun on him. And people are like, New York. And like, you don't know. Yeah, you're like, hey, listen, that young guy had it coming to yeah. him. I don't know what to tell you. And he was like, you know, if you ever come close to her again, like, I will kill you. And the guy's like, okay, I swear, leave her alone. And he's like, Another job done. Another, another set of odds evened. I have yeah, equal. And, and, and you know what? There was a 50-50 chance that he came back and saw her again. <laughs> I'd say, say, I'd say it was about even odds that he'd come back and uh, and try to hurt her again, and or not. And the equalizer is accounted for this because he's like, keep calling me for a week. Like I can't have you stay. Call like, me. She offers to like, or she asks if she can stay with him, and he's like, I've got other clients. I probably would have like asked that. that. Like, it makes sense though that she asked that. Yeah, yeah I he's also, like, I right, would have also wanted to bone him. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> he has such. He's like, raw listen, I've got magnetism. so many plot lines this episode. <laughs> Like I sorry, I can't stick around on just this one. I got other people. Yeah, that he's yeah. Got I, I next need to pick There's a lock with guy. one paperclip, and then take a Polaroid photo oh, next to a We're, security camera. My f- one of my favorite tropes is yeah, <laughs> just put a picture of the thing that the security camera's looking with at. With a Polaroid the camera. that just like pops out, he like. <laughs> <laughs> the I will get. I love that they were like. Somebody said something. I also love this. But it's just somebody said something when they were making this one. So he was like, you're right. You know what I will do is I will briefly unfocus and then refocus yeah. the camera. I love that. I loved it. I know I like I know the technical aspects on every single level as to why that would fail. Also, it doesn't matter. And that's the single. But uh, congrats to him for getting the single best Polaroid picture anyone's ever taken. Perfectly recreating know the is, tones of the room. What is like the original thing that did that trope? Of <sighs> I have thing no idea. Camera. Who knows? It's so good every time. And the security guards are always looking away at the moment you're awkwardly yeah. sticking a Polaroid in there. So I had never seen it. Probably because you did the probabilities on, like, will they be looking at this exact uh, spot when it happens yeah. or no? You also have to factor in <laughs> like, the part where the flash goes off. That's fine. It's black. The cameras are in black and white. You can't see flash. Don't worry about it if that makes sense. It's <laughs> The frame rate's very low. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Don't and worry about it. It doesn't matter no, if that makes no. sense. That's how it, that's how it works. <laughs> I, know, I agree with Travis. Travis. Flashes are flashes are neither black nor white. Therefore, <laughs> they cannot be seen. Uh, black and white. You can't tell. They blend in. <laughs> it's simple. 
There's never been a light shown in a black and white film. Yeah, you can't, you pr- you can't are prove you, that. Are you guys still confused? <laughs> Do you guys know anything about science? So he does. He breaks <laughs> in and then he Plebeians. he beats up a bunch of dudes. I just yeah. the other thing I'm thinking of is just like if I tried to do this, the one thing I would run into is like I take the first shot and I'd be like, oh fuck, I forgot to put the flash on. So it's me standing there for a full second holding the camera above my head, just like, <laughs> oh, I hope this turns out, and then getting this blurry mess and being like, ah, oh no. That'd be a good way to turn this into comedy and subvert that that cliche that would be fun <laughs> that's uh, a very uh, johnny english We're rowan atkinson yeah. is a spy like no, level gag he, yeah he he sets it on a timer and then he forgets and he starts doing it so then there's just a the still photo where he's in the middle of it breaking in that's a great bit yeah. uh, this man is this man is very slowly breaking into uh, this top <laughs> did the, secret agency. Did the video freeze? <laughs> <laughs> did we, hey, hey, did we make it so that oh, that the, 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 there's some AI that freezes what? when there's a guy breaking in? What's going on? <laughs> Why there's the guy? He, what happened? And you just you run over and he's in the exact same pose. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Like, oh, just uh, like it was before. Yeah, then he beats up a bunch of dudes on a boat. <laughs> This is yeah. This is oh, where he yeah. throws the guy. Throws the guy in the water. Uh, it rules. <laughs> like he kills some dudes. This is uh, is this bef- Has he talked to the senator and learned that they're blackmailing him? Oh, I forgot that was awesome. That was God, part this of this. is so I, crazy. This, yeah, there's so much. I know. <laughs> so <laughs> much like, happened. <laughs> he talks to the senator and this, and he's like, "What have they got on you?" It, he walks up and he's like, "Government business." And they're like, "He's like, let him through." Like, I kept looking you? and being like, how many minutes is this episode? Right, yeah. I can't believe like, this was 45. But yeah, yeah. so he, he had the, yeah, and the senator's like, you know, some some land deals that I were told would never get back. An affair Shady with a financials. Well, an old, I, I know, he's just a, an old student of mine. Stupid. An affair. You're just like, God, this is everything. Okay, man. <laughs> They've pretty much got they, all available types of thing on you. So and uh, and you're like, wow, the senator. This guy seems like a pretty bad dude. Yeah, yeah he seems like bad. oh, the equalizer helping innocent people. That is one thing that I thought of was like, is he doing a good thing here? <laughs> like, isn't like, maybe help, better that this stuff who gets revealed? The conspiracy theory, yes. Stopping the guy from getting blackmailed, like that. That shouldn't have been part of his job. He's the equalizer. He's just a centrist. Both sides are bad to the equalizer. Only he stands. A okay, but where's balance. the Overton window? We got it. Well, that's what we have to figure out with the equalizer. That's why you have to watch every episode and figure out the shift. Uh, Stephen, do you have anything else good that Jerry Stiller said? I feel like we glazed. Um, glazed we blazed past that. We glazed uh, past that. I was. I mean, my fingers were just too busy typing away at like everything. The best thing that Jerry Stiller says, says is when he's like. I saw your ad. I thought only I called you the equalizer. And you're like, <laughs> you, call, you called him that? That's my buddy. I call I mean, him I guess the equalizer. I, Imagine if he was like I an mean, athlete name. If Jerry Stiller gave me a nickname, I guess I'd be like, that's my name now. At the yeah. end, he goes, good luck and good luck to the equalizer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So after he beats these dudes up on a boat, he comes out and like the cops show up and he's like, sorry about the mess. I left like all this stuff. Anyway, we're doing it again, well, see you later. Like, you know, we're doing it where we're like, Matt he Berry must version. be Matt Berry. He would be, it's a shame that? there's a reboot already. And he flies away, yeah. <laughs> if it was just Matt Berry, give us a show where Matt Berry plays a spy like this. It would be so, just, I saw it already said, they should do it, they won't do it. Have a Edgar Wright Bond set in the 60s with Matt Berry as Bond and yeah. Simon Pegg as Q. Yeah, that would just do fucking a whip. They won't do it, but they should. Yeah, they're not brave enough to do it, but... It would Matt be the Barry's greatest. Judo, shop. This, this is the closest we have to that in this episode of the <laughs> 1985 show. That you how, uh, did, did you guys talk about how no one should ever own a music box? Like, if you, it is my official opinion that if you own a music box, throw it away immediately. Just get yeah. rid of it. Sure. Like, right. Well, you're going to the next scene, which is, yeah, Carlene. No, I, I know that part, but just the. Because like, they're always creepy. Was, uh, they're always a fucking weird yeah. harbinger of sh- bullshit. Yeah. Like I, ju- I literally <laughs> just saw Saeed fix Russo's music box in Lost, like in the last episode that I watched, and basically was what? saying the Matt. saying the same thing. Matt. We're doing it, baby. Our boys watching Lost. We're Matt. doing it. <laughs> Matt's like, I'm unemployed. Let's <laughs> fucking strap in. <laughs> So, Steve has broken into her house and sets off your music box thing, and then he, yeah. uh, whatever, grabs her, grabs her, like, he, he wound up escalating the situation. Not good. Uh, grabs her and is finally going, like, he's been stalking her for, like, month a month now, and will finally do his, uh, you know, he's going to assault her. Um, so he tie, ties her hands up with the phone cord and is saying what he's going to do to her. And then finally, the equalizer gets to the phone booth after he's been done leaving this mess and sees that he last got a message that was, I'll call you at 10, and it's now 10 after 10 or something. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I have to be there. Yeah. So he goes, and then he equalizes things by breaking it, by kicking down her door. And then, then we see a dude. mirror of the first scene where the guy's holding her hostage. He's like, I'll kill her with yeah. a knife. And he just. Don't, well, he doesn't dome him. He shoots him in the shoulder. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if you have this guy incapacitated and there's a knife in the room and he was about to assault somebody, you get a couple points on him with the knife, a couple choice slices, or at least give the knife to her, right? Yeah, and be like, well, do what you like, wish. Do, it's up do to you to commit you, to finish like, this job. Whatever we'll it was, I know for sure that it was self-defense. Uh, I, I'm on I'm here on official government yeah. business. Like, I can vouch for you. Do what you would like. You know what would be sick know. is if the equalizer I... had kicked down the door and saw that he had a knife, and then he was like, ah, I understand, and then pulled out a knife because he's like, it's got to be equal. <laughs> because he's the equalizer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, like, they had a knife fight. Like, the like it, it, he comes with, with the gun, and he's like, now this isn't very sporting. I'll put down my gun. I'll put down my gun and and pull out my knife if you let her go. Matt Berry, we are leaving money <laughs> on the table. <laughs> You know where to call me. I have ads in the newspaper. <laughs> They're listed under the Equalizer. <laughs> the Equalizer is the one guy who thought Thanos' motivations made total sense. Of just like balanced, everything's even. I love it. Obsessed yeah. with it. So uh, now I think is where we get to the scene that I've been dying to talk about. Yeah, the which suitcase is, scene. Okay, I guess I don't know which. The, scene. the no, exploding this is suitcase. Is this what? Yes. Okay. I, uh, I don't remember already. How do you not remember night? when he meets the guys who are in charge of the conspiracy? Right, right, right. And right, he's right, got right, the right. money, and they're like, 
Oh, and he's like, it's in the suitcase. And then he beats and the shit out of them all. They open the suitcase and it explodes. We did, we did these scenes in <laughs> yes. reverse, but we that's fine. We did do them in You're reverse. Right. Who cares? That's why there was the an mess. exploding suitcase. I forgot. I was <laughs> looking at my phone or something. I don't know. It I was fr- so there funny. There's too yeah, much to remember. Yeah, no, that did happen. <laughs> Matt, it's so good that you you were like, let's do the equalizer because, you know, more shows should have eight suitcases that explode. Yeah. And him just like standing there like... At, there was the part where he, he like knocks the old guy on the ground and I was like, This is the same this dude's the same age as you. <laughs> this yeah. man that you just yeah. knocked to the ground. Yep. You were the same. I at first thought that he had been like thrown. I was like, Oh, they're showing him like really tussling with these guys? That no. makes sense. They're about no, he's got it. Is this yeah, and then it just just the end where he meets with the police and they're like, You're you're gonna ruin that senator's career and he's like, Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, who cares? I'd love to ruin senators' careers. Yeah, yeah. Generally, ruining a senator's career is almost always good. Yeah, it's like if it's there's something there to ruin, like that should be ruining it. Then sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cancel culture. Anyway, fucking Carlene is like, I finally like had a good night's sleep thanks to you. Equalize her. So like the uh, and he's the, like, like, you know what else equal? What like the give and take in the bedroom with me. <laughs> well, the, the the like heartthrobbiness was one of the harder things to buy, like of, yeah, of, of this of, of this Edward Woodward character. Like it was so weird when she was like, you know, I I'd, I'd like to get to know you better, and he was like, you wouldn't actually, and I, I was like, okay, this just Take I, me I, I don't away, believe I'm it. Guilty. <laughs> I don't believe it from this guy. I believe everything from this guy. It's amazing. Is that the end of the pilot? Was there more? Oh, he was uh, the concert. He goes in at the end of the yeah, end of yeah, the extra, yeah. Th- is this like, is when Steven's brain exploded <laughs> because yeah. he made it. Well, not He's only just, that he made it, but just I was already so overwhelmed by the number of plots that uh, <laughs> that when I remembered that there was one that I had forgotten about, uh, that was a lot for me to handle. So would you? Would watch I watch more? a second episode? Yes, a hundred percent. As long as it wasn't the horrible, horrible finale. <laughs> <laughs> what? The finale was so stupid. It was so I'm dumb. more excited. I hate this episode. You know what was great with the finale? Ving it Rames was, about was in the finale. No, Ving Rames Ving was Rames. there. And when yeah. Ving Rames wasn't on screen, I thought to myself, where's Ving Rames? Yeah. All right. um, also, I was watching the finale and I thought, you know, the parts where it's with Million remind me sort of of something like a, a deep cover, sort of, you know. Uh, bl- you know, like a, a black focused sort of like neo-noir thing where you've got, you know, this drug dealer. And I was like, you know who would be great if I also wish could have been in this episode? Larry Fishburne, of course. Yeah. yeah. He was in episode two, episode Larry Fishburne should have played. Of course he fucking was in this. Yeah. He was in it two episodes before. <laughs> oh, man. He Everyone, should have played... was <laughs> Everyone has ever wanted has been in the Equalizer. <laughs> More people that appeared. Macaulay Culkin, eight years old, appeared uh, in that. Of course, okay. Um, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio appeared twice in the series. Once as the, an arsonist, or sorry, the, yeah, once as an arsonist. Another time as a mentally challenged man falsely accused of murder. Adam Ant appeared. <laughs> How many episodes? David Allen Greer, Louise Guzman. Ah, another Ad, Guzman. Uh, Ad Rock. <laughs> DJ I mean, this is, these are such New York guys, too, because D'Onofrio plus Ad-Rock. Yeah. Were yeah, the other, Ad-Rock. were Mike D and MCA there? No, just Ad-Rock. Just Ad-Rock. Just Ad-Rock. Made a rare acting appearance in an episode alongside Alex Winter. Oh, what a pair. I love that. 
Uh, Sam Rockwell and Jerry O'Connell appeared in the same episode uh, as members of a of a teen robbery gang. <laughs> Other well-known stars and future stars: Robert Mitchum. Oh wow! How old was Robert uh, Mitchum at the time? Uh, Patricia Clarkson, Jennifer Grey, Reginald Vell Johnson, sure. Lori Metcalf, Oliver Platt, sure, you got Olympia Dukakis, William H. Macy, Michael Rooker, Charles Classic S. TV Dutton, guy. Cynthia Nixon, Laura San Giacomo. This is back-to-back shows Cynthia Nixon appeared in at some point. John Polito. Oh, John Polito would probably have been amazing in this episode, <laughs> in this show. Uh, the Equalizer, it's great. Uh, Ving Rhames, he's great. Yeah. Ving Rhames, um, who himself was on a reboot of a classic uh, loose cannon cop kind of show when he played Kojak uh, on USA Network. Huh. You know, he, uh, he played Kojak? He was in the remake of the reboot of Kojak that USA did. I did not know that. Wow. So, you know, it's 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 uh, Irving, oh, Irving Ramsey. Oh, Rhames? I looked this up today and it was like, wow. he's na- his, Don't say the origin of his name. Yes, that's what I was it's just so about funny. to ask. <laughs> Yeah, so he's being Irving, named Irving Ramsey's and Rames. going by Ving is a choice. Well, I actually, well, like you know it. Why, well, and you know why, Stephen? A man came up to him, his 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 uh, his fellow student at SUNY Purchase, and started calling him Ving. That man was Stanley Tucci. Okay, that's not the fact that I was going to say, which <laughs> oh, is that no, yeah, he he's was, named after newscaster Irving Levine <laughs> or whatever, just oh, like, oh, as like square white guy with, with a bow tie or whatever. And then it's Levine, parents, not Levine. It's probably Levine. I don't know. He's, he's just, I, not, I was uh, like, Oh, Irving is he named for like Washington Irving or something? It's like, no, it's yeah. Irving Levine. Uh, I, uh, no, I thought, I, uh, you know, I thought it was the, it'd be the like if I was named after Tom Brokaw, like, I'm here today. This is my Tom Rokha impression. Uh, very sweaty. Uh, sorry. Uh, I've try. heard worse. People are always <laughs> breaking up Rokha's at parties. <laughs> they do. People love to be loved. You go there, you're at a party, and someone's like, you got to come over here, you got to hear this guy's Tom Rokha impression. <laughs> yeah. uh, you had a news dad also. Yeah. Don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> And NBC News That's probably the one least likely to have a news dad in this podcast. Yeah, not in the slightest. Uh, we would have the kitchen table at dinner. Every, it was it was on both the big TV in the living room and the small TV that was behind my dad's head that the, would have the audio yeah, on. Not and even <laughs> when close. I was a child. We love Ted Koppel. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the Equalizer <laughs> finale. Um, Significantly... So Dumber. only one only one plot thread to follow here. There's not even a B plot here. There's just I love no. the, and this seems I to be a part two because it opened Joker. with like a previously on. I love no, it Harley didn't, Quinn. Travis, Travis it Killer opened Croc. with what's going to happen on the episode. Those were scenes <laughs> from the episode. Sure. Anyway, he said things that happened. It, you it's like when you watch a trailer nowadays and you see the trailer for the trailer where it's like yeah. three. Two, one, and they're showing the clips that you're about to see, and you're like, "What? Why?" That was what they did because I was like, I watched because I, I I clicked on it. And I was like, "Oh, I wanted to skip this previously on." Okay, and then things. <laughs> no, it's next. Time. And then it was just like they Blood were saying sport. things that were from there, and I was like, "What?" Are you just reading Ving Rhames? Peacemaker. I love Suicide Squad. Captain Boomerang. Oh, because the episode is called Suicide. Okay. Yeah, he's reading. No, he's reading the members of Task yes. Force. X. Okay, yes, I watched the James Gunn one. It was entertaining. 
Bronze um, Tiger. Yeah, we can. Let's we can do this all day, Stephen. Let's keep going. What else no, you got? We can't. Uh, I, <laughs> Weasel. Man, did you say that one? <laughs> somebody, somebody walked up to me. Somebody who I had never met. I was at basically like I was pre gaming for a, a event last night, and th- I this person. Her name was like Louisa. That was her name. She walks up to me and she goes, "You know." In SpongeBob, when he's like, yes. trapped himself inside, and yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, literally, we had not spoken a single word to each other. And she's like, and she's like, and he's got three friends, and one of them is Penny, and the other is used napkin. What's the third one? And I was like, Chip. She was like, Oh, thank you. What? <laughs> How did you? <laughs> and she was like, What is this song that he sings to them? And I was like, Here it is. And then I sang the song, and she was like, Oh my god. I was like. Why did you walk up to me? How did you know that I would know all the answers to these questions? <laughs> you hear that vibe. Anyways, when you took off your shirt, you're like, check out my happen. tattoo. Like, <laughs> I did. I did show her my tattoo immediately. So when's the wedding? Ah, uh, look. He's got doo to worry she- about. He can't just... <laughs> <laughs> Why is the... I just... The dog's name being that is... It, uh, it's just, it's the perfect joke. When you say it, when you say it in a French voice, you're like, doo-doo, doo-doo. You're sense. like, ah, oh, no, it's pretty cute. I learned recently that in French, King DDD's name is Hua Daudidou, and I love that. Say it again. Hua Daudidou. Imagine the Smash announcer <laughs> saying that. In Can French you do that? Accent. Wah, dowdy do. <laughs> perfect name for a penguin with a hammer and a little, little was always wearing a robe. Yeah, like way better, <laughs> way better than his English name. <laughs> fucking Leisure King. Wah, dowdy do. Wah, dowdy do. How did we get here? What were you we, thought we were okay? The equalizer <laughs> finale, Suicide Squad. Uh, this kid. Uh, we got here because the this dog. kid who. Uh, Plays on an unnamed college football team. Uh, in the Northeast? Yeah, somewhere in, well, in, in New to, York well, City. They, there's only... There, the, I will say, they did say there's only 35 scholarships, which means it's like D3. D3 has no scholarships. Mm. He could be like a okay. one he play, let's say he plays for Let's say he plays for Fordham or something. Yeah, uh, something like that. And ran oh, he's, at, no, he's just at, uh, he's at Columbia. He could be at Columbia. Course. Well, if he's not reading at a college level, his sister's helping with that. Oh, uh, yeah, he's they, not still, in, they wouldn't let him play And his family's there, pretty uh, working yeah. class or whatever. I don't think he's at Columbia. That's why I said Columbia. Uh, he plays uh, at, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Fordham. Um they were like, you know, Vince Lombardi went here. You know, seven blocks of granite, offensive line. Anyway, he's a, he's a DB who ran a four five forty apparently, but now hurt his ankle and runs a mere four seven, which is way faster than anyone that you personally know can run. Uh, <laughs> but has been cut from the team. You know, faster than Matt Harris. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is true because of the fact that Travis is the one saying it. If <laughs> but, one of us was also, saying it, Travis would be like, "I can run a four seven forty. Yeah. <laughs> But but also, but also, if he can't cut because of his knee, sure, and yeah. he's missing tackles, like that's a real. That's thing. a bigger thing. But they're like, oh, you lost point two on your forty, and it's like in nineteen eighty nine, that is like insanely fast. They're just yeah. gonna put him on. Well, that's why he. That's why he thought. That's why he thought that he was gonna be a pro, even though he's at Fordham. Yeah, because his because his four, 
because he's, he's one of the fastest people you, that you've ever seen. Right. Despite the fact that yeah. he like walks in the most awkward way possible wearing a pea coat. Because well, his knees all fucked yeah, up. Yeah, whatever. And his grades are bad and he gets cut from the team. He comes back home and his parents think that he's like gonna go pro and like they're like he's you know, they're they're their golden son, they're they're shining star that's going to be the meal ticket later for when he plays for the giants or whatever he comes home his brother is wearing what's clearly a lawrence taylor jersey that's had all the light the branding removed um <laughs> which i really loved um, just a generic giants colored 56 jersey in the 1980s uh and he's got a little sister who's like on the track team uh and whatever he has a nice dinner with his parents where they pretend everything's okay where he lies yeah where he lies yeah because um, actually he's thinking of turning to drug dealing because Ving Rames is there. Uh, <laughs> and he has a friend him. named Hammer who is like his age but is already selling for millions. We, we, we all have a friend named Hammer. Um, yeah. And if you don't have a friend drugs. named Hammer, you're Try Hammer. Try harder. <laughs> no, you're Hammer. That's what they call you behind your back. He, he confides in his sister that he's actually been cut from the football team and she's knows about Million, the drug dealer, played by Ving Rhames, and she's like, I need to call a weird old British man to make this <laughs> better. I just put his ad in my <laughs> scrapbook because I thought it was funny, but then I was like, well, maybe it's real, and it turns out it is real. It is real. Yeah. It's all real. This uh, is really Degrassi, the next generation style <laughs> it writing. It really is. <laughs> yes, it is. This is it a is very the, special like, episode. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it no. felt so after school, especially it was brutal. Yeah, with the the like, oh, here's the dangers of doing, uh, of you know, of of doing drugs. Don't or you know, don't sell drugs. Bad things will happen to you. But it did have Ving Rhames saying cool, fun things. They had yeah. a horrible, scared, straight part of this. That was like, so. Yeah. They, like, I want to. We're gonna get to that. I want to talk about when the, when they when they Jay Walter Weatherman. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but so the equalizer meets with this like 14 year old girl which is weird and he's like you needed some odds even and she's like my brother got caught for the like football this? team and he's gonna he's gonna sell drugs I know this guy's a really successful drug dealer because he sells to the high school track team <laughs> which <laughs> doesn't sound like everyone knows doesn't sound like a, like this sounds like a weeds plot and not a fucking <laughs> <laughs> the scariest drug dealer in town. You're in New York City. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> I didn't even everyone think about that him. part of just like everyone knows if he sells to the track team. <laughs> Don't even know what drugs he sells, just like vague drugs. Yes, they yes you do. do. They? He says they say he specializes in cocaine quaaludes. And it was like a weird combination. I love to do of quaaludes before my track meet. Yeah, <laughs> he says he specializes in. It was three things: cocaine, something, and quaaludes. Did nobody remember this conversation? No. Or no. he's like giving the rundown on what he sells. Uh, well, I mean, cocaine I makes first, sense. Nineteen eighty-nine, especially. Yeah. Um, I was not expecting what it was. It wasn't weed. The I, and I'm frustrated because Angel even though dust. quaaludes is super weird, the second one was also really fucking weird. <laughs> I mean, Quaaludes is only weird now. Of the tricks. era. I mean, I've seen Wolf of Wall Street. People loved Ludes, dude. We say, we have Million uh, meet with Willie. Is that his name? Uh, is this the scene where he's wearing the uh, where he's wearing the uh, shorts over the sweatpants, like lower body Landry? I didn't even notice that if that happened. 
It's a great look. He meets with Willie and he's like, I've seen you play. I saw you like lay out a flanker. And it's like, no one's played flanker since 1965. It's opposition that even at this point exists in football, but whatever. Maybe uh, he played rugby once. Yeah. It's like, damn, would he play against Dude. fucking like Bronco Nagurski? Get out of here. Um, so, and. It was just an excuse for you to say that. I, it's fun to say <laughs> Bronco Nagurski. It's, it's a great I name. It's why I like Antoine Randall L, too. It's fun to say. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so he's like... What, what is it about drug dealers in suits that makes me like... I don't they're know. A, they're a business, man. I, like, it's like... it's like If I met somebody... If I, if I met somebody tomorrow, and I said, what do you do for a living? And they said, I'm a drug dealer. I'd be like, cool, we'll probably get along. <laughs> but if they said, I'm a drug dealer, and they were wearing a suit, I'd be like, well, I Well, it means they're a high-end drug dealer who deals with dangerous stuff, and not just yeah. like a also, guy whose apartment you, a- you go to yeah. to get weed. Also, I, if right. I met somebody and they were wearing a suit, no matter what they told me they That's did, true. I would not trust them. Well, yeah, it's funny because everyone knows that I hate uh, like being around a lot of people in suits. I like multiple. Was it you, Ian? Somebody yes. asked me, like, are you going to be okay at this wedding? <laughs> I did that jokingly. But yes, because yeah, yes, it, it, Stephen is saying Stephen. he gets uncomfortable and there are people wearing ties and suits. Stephen having a panic him. attack. I agree. For- I, I got, I, I'm just like, oh, good. Uh, whatever's going on, I don't want to be a part of it right yeah. now. <laughs> like, yeah. if there's a lot of people suits wearing suits. Everyone looks good in suits. It's context. I'm just, it's a, it's a I'm conditioning. I'm just intentionally wearing badly fit suits and to prove Ian wrong. <laughs> the problem, looks Travis, good. the problem, suit tailoring in this current era, completely out the window. You could wear an ill-fitting suit and I'd be like, you know what? Listen, oh, I didn't know that you days. were, yeah, listen, I didn't know that you were up to date on Come Day Garçons, but I'm really happy for you. <laughs> Way to go, man. You got oh, it. is that Junior Wantanabe? I love it for you. Come of Junior the Wantanabe sons. Shirt right now. Come of the boys. Sure. Uh, anyway, so he's well, he's wooed by he's wooed by Million suit. and the amount of money he can offer to get into drug dealing, since his football dreams. Well, have because been well, because like there's a lot of they spend a lot of time establishing that he believes that his only value to his sister and his parents and everything else is is his talent at football, and so like you know. If 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 they loved him for who he was instead of what they thought they could get him, then he probably wouldn't have gone to drug dealing. And we can all learn a lesson from that, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. We truly can. So after school, especially. Yeah. yeah. When does Joe Morton show up, and what is his like role here? Because my next line Joe is, Morton "Oh shit, it's is... Miles Dyson," but I don't remember what he. <laughs> Joe Morton did. shows up and is playing the like assistant, probably a computer expert of some level, because it's Joe Morton. Um, yeah. Uh, he'd appeared in a, a number of episodes. It seemed like you know, not like a major role, but just the sort of thing of like, oh, some manner he's going of to that. He's going back to that guy for assistance. Some so, manner you know, of uh, he plays an associate of some form. Yeah, I kept asking, where is the equalizer in this episode? I feel like this this episode is weirdly light on the equalizer. But it he is. finally got he get sick, and they couldn't <laughs> have him much. He actually like... had had a heart attack uh, during season three. Oh damn. Damn, probably. How many episodes were there of this episode and seasons? There's four seasons. I think it's 88 episodes. I think it was 22. 88 was my guess. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So just adding to the authenticity of this guy being intimidating, he'd had a heart attack. Uh, (laughs) But he meets with he meets with the family of working class New York people um, with you know a classic 1989 mustache on the dad, and he's like. Your daddy reached out to me, and 
I've heard your son, he's actually been cut from the football team. Like, he's, like, basically here, like, snitching on the son of, like, you've been lied to. Yeah. He's, he got cut, and he sucks at reading. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there's a drug dealer around that's recruiting him, so you should be aware of this. And he's like, get out of my house. Don't tell me my son's not good at football anymore. It's fun. One thing that's fun with this show is that the way it's structured also is it's just, like, when you look up the equalizer – Main cast and characters only has two people listed, and we don't see uh, Keith Sabarska at all because he's only in 56 episodes, but he plays the second most important, char- important character in the show. Mm. And it's just one of those things where you're like, oh, so there was like a guy he had that was like a full time sort of associate, I guess, huh. but huh. you know, never appeared in the two episodes that we watched. That we so watched. thus, he does not exist to him. Or to exist yeah. to us, which is fun, because I was, like, ready to talk about him, and then I was like, oh, he doesn't matter at all. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. So Millie, so Millie sends Willie... Am I getting his name right? I keep meaning to double-check and then not. Let's call him Willie. Sends him out an sure. assignment where he's like, I got a big score coming with a bunch of Dominicans. Uh, like, it's at this dock or whatever. Um, go there, I'll give you $3,000. Go there with Hammer. Uh, so <laughs> Willie and Hammer go... And they're Wait, like, something's not right here because they keep being like, Donde esta la biblioteca? And no one's answering them. <laughs> uh, and they're like, this isn't right. And then these dudes drop down from <laughs> above. <laughs> the side of car uh, walk yeah, in there and drop in. <laughs> and, then, and, uh, and then they all. And they, are, they, they like, take oh, Hammer shit, away. It's the Emperor's Blades. Yeah. <laughs> they take Hammer away and they leave Willie alone. Uh, and he meets up with million after and he's like this happened he was like yeah hammer was double crossing me he'd been selling my stuff on the side from the supplier so i had to teach him a lesson and he tells him this very specific lie which was so specific that i believed it at first also because it was just a funny one of just like he's on a steamer on the way to hong kong in the boiler room he's on his he'll find his way back but i had to teach him a lesson which is just a really funny thing to like potentially (laughs) actually do it being like I put him on a very long, uncomfortable boat ride, and then he's in a foreign country, and he's got to find his way back. Maybe he's <laughs> just fucking stay in Hong back. Kong. I don't know. Hong Kong's yeah, cool. He's maybe, he'll dis- maybe he'll discover the great cinema they have there. He'll wind up in a bunch of John Woo movies. That, that is the background character for basically a Wong Kar Wai uh, character. It's like, yeah, I mean, he was an American gangster, but then one day he got stuck on a, a boiler room, and he's been here ever since, doesn't have the money to return. Since Million uh, is the only like 10% interesting character in this particular episode. <laughs> I really want to dig into what he said his motivation was for, cause like they had a conversation and hammers like, okay, yeah, but why him? The guy who's got the knee problem, who got kicked off the, who got kicked off the team. And, and I was like, he's like, well, he's the perfect guy. And I was like, yeah, because everyone trusts him and he, he seems really clean. He's like, people like him, you know, a working class guy who's come from nothing. Like, just like, they think they're better than us. And I, I want to show them how dirty they really are. So he's like, he's not only like trying to get rich, but he's also trying to like scum up the rest of the world. Like, I, yeah. I, I think it's a very, I think it's a very like superhero, supervillain level of motivation Yeah, uh, for this guy million for this after school specialty episode. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. That is exactly yeah, the the like. I want I want them to all understand <laughs> that underneath it's the he's the he's uh, Danny DeVito Penguin. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like I I'm, I'm awful and you're all awful, but you to pretend to be otherwise. Yeah, I'll show you your true faces. 
So Joe Morton uh, had been tailing him, tailing them the whole time um, before this fake drug deal, um, and reports back that you know this went down, uh, and that Hammer actually they find like Hammer's body like suit the police find Hammer's body soon after, and he's been like hacked to pieces with a buzzsaw or whatever. Um, Chainsaw. Not 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 good. Not um, ideal. Not a good situation. So the equalizer goes back. Ring Rames went uh, medieval on his ass. Yeah. So they, the equalizer goes back to the family and is like, his friend's been, you know, been killed. And like, this guy's been buttering up. up. He bought you that nice fridge that you have. Uh, (laughs) Well, Well, it's because the fridge was broken. Yeah, the fridge fixed. The brother had to drink all the chocolate milk. (laughs) (laughs) Steven's like, sounds great. Um, (laughs) Where's the problem? So Willie, Willie comes back home and gets in a big argument with the parents, uh, J.D. McCoy-ass thing, where he's like, I'm all, all I am to you is all these trophies. Like, uh, did you ever think about me, like, for once? Like, that I could I could do something other than football. Now it's over. And then by far the funniest thing that happened in either of these episodes happened, which is the dad takes a bat that says MVP on it yeah. and just starts hitting the <laughs> fridge with a bat while his wife is yeah. like, no! Stop! <laughs> it's just like bonk, bonk. Like he's like, a, like the also, bat's getting hurt, not the fridge. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? It was like, do you know what happened if I took a baseball bat into my fridge? Uh, You'd probably I'd whack be, yourself in like, the head on accident. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I give myself a concussion. Yeah, I laughed out loud at this happening. This so um, <laughs> it's just bonking. Yeah, bonking this the was fridge. the thing that they showed in the <laughs> oh, like the opening of like here to come on the episode. And I was like, is that guy? What is he hitting with a baseball bat? And then this was the moment I was like, wait, I've seen this scene before. He was hitting the fridge. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, so so stupid. So Willie gets his next assignment to go to some other thing to buy from a different supplier. And gets jumped again, except this time he's being jumped by the equalizer and uh, <laughs> a bunch of other like cops or whatever. Who, like I said, they Jay Walter weatherman him. They're like, "That's what happens when you get at a drug dealing. Like you get jumped by goons as and masks." If, as if his friend getting hacked up didn't scare. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and before that, the equalizer had also gone to Million and pointed a gun at him in an elevator and was like, "Shut down your operation in twenty four hours, or I'll kill you." And he's like. No. I feel like the <laughs> thing that happens in real life after that is the equalizer is never seen again. Yeah, exactly. The equalizer is immediately <laughs> killed by goons. Um, but the equalizer I, gets equalized. Since Million himself. sent him on this thing, I guess the either they inter, they intercept him on the way to the thing or like did the equalizer and, and Miles Dyson like take out the guys that were supposed to be the I don't understand how this setup worked, but they they're like, that's what happens. Like, no one's arm came off, but they, uh, you know, convince him, like, this is bad. Like, don't do this. And now you have to go talk to Million, and we will provide a, you know, not timely backup at all for that. <laughs> like, you're going to have a long <laughs> yeah, conversation be- with this guy who killed someone with a chainsaw recently. And we'll, we'll, we'll be watching, but we're not going to help. We're not going to help out until happen. he says the right stuff. Well, let this happen. It's, don't worry. It's going to be totally safe. It's fine. He's just bigger and stronger than you, and you are going to be standing directly next to a pool. Yeah. So you just <laughs> talk to him, and Million's like, what happened? He was like, they jumped the guy that you sent me with, and they, and I ran away. And million, Terrible. yeah, millions not happy about it. So he sticks he, bas- sticks his head in the pool or whatever, and is like, "You cost me like all this stuff," and like, "I don't believe you because you don't have a, you know, it doesn't look like anything happened to you at all. You got away totally scot free. Like this is a very obvious lie that you're telling me," and starts beating him up. And then uh, 
Willie turns the tables on him and starts beating up Ving Rhames. And then the Equalizer and Joe Morton show up and are like... Yeah, it was very likely... Like, it's very possible. I was like, wow, they're letting this go for a while. He definitely could have just killed him at this point. Like, he definitely... Like, he could have just drowned him. They would have let it happen. Like, they let him get tortured in the pool for so long. Instead, they were showing him that he can find his own strength to turn the tables <laughs> on Ving Rhames. Yeah. So they, they they come down, they get him off Ving Rhames, and he's like, you ain't got shit on me. And they're like, actually, he's been wearing a wire, and we heard you say <laughs> that you cut up a dude with a fucking chainsaw. <laughs> like, So you are going to prison. You're extremely yeah. going to jail, the Ving odds Rames. Of You have been equalized. Uh you know, by going where everyone's equal to the criminal justice system, <laughs> the state pen to Rikers Island, um, and also the odds have been equalized for, uh, you know, the the kid because now he gets to go to college and make his own way. Yeah, where everything will completely work out for him now that he has now once he gets a degree, it's compl- that's yeah. all he ever needs. Well, everything life. will work out for him because he's also been given a hard cover of the Grapes of Wrath. Um, and he's also Jeff a Daniels guy who was gift. an informant on a drug operation. Yeah. Th- a classic guy that things go well for. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, the Equalizer gives him the Grapes of Wrath, and he's like, it's about a family that survives. It ends with the dude breastfeeding from a lady. It's weird. I don't know. I never read the Grapes of Wrath. I just know that happens. Um, so, yeah, he goes, and he's like, bye, family. I'm off to complete my education, not have my sister, not, like, tutor me, basically. And then there is... An amazing final shot that's just a zoom in on his face looking like... Uh, like I, just, I, thought that, <laughs> I thought that this was going to say, like, dedicated to... Yeah. And then, like, tell me that somebody died while making this. He doesn't like, look happy. He's just, like, uh, going to school. The other day, I was out at lunch uh, with a friend, and I grabbed my camera, and said friend went, ugh. And that was what this look <laughs> felt like. <laughs> But I had the decency to be like, okay, no worries. I'll put the camera down. Jeez. Jeez. God. And that's the last episode ever of The Equalizer. I'm sorry if I rushed through that whole synopsis. I'm hungry. It <laughs> was no, a very, no one interrupted me, so I kept it. It was a very, like, first of all, it was super boring. Second of all, it was very, like, another episode E. Yeah. Like, it, it, like there was no. No destruction plot of the set. that I wrapped out. No baby. No marriage. No marriage. No baby. Yeah, it was just some equalizing. Something Rames. You know. All I, things equal. I feel like e- even odds that I'd watch this show some more. Uh, so uh, what would you rate it? Uh, uh, five out of ten. Yeah. Uh, perfectly equal. Both sides having... <laughs> There's a I'd strong case for each side. From from negative ten to ten, I'd rate it zero. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's I'm equal, reading it, right there. I, I'm reading it five colon five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm setting up a scale... And on one side, I'm putting a pound of feathers, and on the other side, a pound of lead, <laughs> and that's my rating for the equalizer. I'm betting on the. I'm betting on the equalizer. It's a pick'em. The equalizer is the scale itself. <laughs> Neither the feathers uh, nor the nor the gold. Travis. So, do you guys have it in you to to do two full hours I next didn't, week? I love that I didn't even get to go. Travis, what are we doing <laughs> yeah. next week? It was just. Travis. To do two full hours. Yeah, do you have time to do two full hours next week? Um, next week? I have yeah, I an alternate option if not. Pro- um, if, if, but if I've been wanting to do this one. If it's worth it. I think I it's worth fine. it. I have selected, I've been trying to do it. Two and full I keep, hours for sure. Yeah, I keep 
mean to it and then being like, ah, this doesn't feel like the right time for it. We've had too many long episodes. We've watched a lot of past, we've watched a lot of old shows recently and I, and some stupid shows recently. And I want to go back into the prestige well one more time before we oh. like probably maybe take like a holiday break or something with one of my favorite shows of all time, The Americans. Ah, uh, cool. I always have two hours for Carrie Russell. <laughs> And Matthew and Reese, I can't frankly. wait to get I can't wait to get mad at Steven again about Carrie Russell. <laughs> Her hair's good the whole time on is, this show. Steven can't even remember who Carrie Russell is. I know who Carrie Russell is. She's the hot eyeliner girl from the Star Wars. <laughs> All right. Wow. Her most famous role. Uh, <laughs> wait, what, what, who wait, do we feel knows less about the Americans, Steven or Matt? Uh, I always do it. Let Matt do it. Okay. All right, I'm putting 30 seconds on the clock. Matt, tell me everything you think you know about The Americans, starting now. Uh, it's a show, I couldn't tell you what network it was on, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't like a, a premium network. Carrie Russell is in it, some other people are in it, and they're like Russian spies posing as Americans or something like that. Um, and Carrie Russell, I know, is like a, a fucking stone-cold killer in it. Because I know that Travis. Because I said that in the Felicity episode. That's yeah. absolutely right. Um, and that's time. All right. So I also <laughs> have a bold a bold prediction that could totally blow up in my face. Um, but it's always you know when we're doing prestige shows, yeah. never sure. I think Matt will like this show. I think it's sexy. It's fun. He gets to talk about the CIA. Uh, we're going <laughs> to talk about CIA a lot at this one because a CIA he gets guy to talk about wrote Nella the show. Emmerich. Yes, oh, no, boy. Emmerich. A lot of '80s music. Cool drops. Uh, and yeah, we get to. I, I know one. I know the one. We're gonna music talk cue. some it's Mac. We're gonna up. talk some U two. Um, We're gonna talk some fucking U two. Are yeah. you talking U two to me <laughs> next week? <laughs> Thanks as always to you, the listener, to Matt, our producer. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, follow us on Twitter. Check out the photo I posted of the recording process. We'll be back next week to talk about the Americans and. I will try not to say the types of things that I have been known for saying to the point where, after watching Dune, one friend said, I don't know, about Rebecca Ferguson, just say some Ian shit here. <laughs> and I said, oh, you want her to, brackets, police, or riot police, shoot tear gas through my window, <laughs> knocking me out. Uh, so we will be most respectful next week. That's an absolute lie. I'm going to say incredibly horrible. Just do them all about Matthew Reese instead. I was what I was about to say. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to say incredibly horny things about Matthew Reese and his television program, Wine yes. Show, where he and Matthew Good just drink wine. And he's got a huge beard now. <laughs> Steven, can you bring us home? I'm a groundhog. That's what my wife calls me. Fared away at something all day. Keep digging. Rows and rows of figures. Find the flaw, the error, the unexpected. <laughs>